0: This audio recording is from the 11 a.m. service with Pastor Philip Roblard. For more information, please contact us on our Facebook page.
1: Montreal Airport. Uh which I don't think the word is is strong enough. I hate Montreal airport. So um, anyway um, but the announcements are in your bulletin. Um, this is Canada Day weekend, of course, and uh, so I trust that you're going to be either getting together with family or friends or something to have a great time uh, on this weekend. Uh, I was very interested here. There's a couple and uh, in in, in, live in our community. And they come. They originally come from Venezuela. They own a house, a beautiful house on the water, and uh, and they host a Venezuelan uh, uh, Canada Appreciation Day tomorrow. And they will have a hundred people at their home uh, with a barbecue. And uh, they are delighted to be Canadian. So. Uh, I don't know if anybody's going to be going to anything much bigger than that, but uh, I thought to myself, I'll see them tomorrow. And uh, I've been invited over. Can you imagine that? Of all the neighbors, I got invited over. And the reason is, is because um, they wanted a Padre there. (laughs) I don't know what that's going to entail, but that's what's happening in my life uh, as a result of Canada Day. Well, it's good to see each one of you here today, and I trust uh, that uh, you're having a great weekend. Um, How many people are doing something that's related to Canada Day this weekend? Would you please put up your hand? Something. Doesn't matter what. Good. Good. I'm glad to see that because, after all, 152 years, I mean, none of us are that old yet, uh, is a long time. Our Prime Minister doesn't even know what year it is. We won't go there. Uh, Anyway, um, I believe that that's all the announcements. We do have something coming up three weeks from today, and that's the anniversary for this church, uh, July 21st and uh, at 11 a.m. And, of course, all the churches will be combining, and there'll be the uh, Highland Line Cemetery service at 2 p.m. I think I'm on deck for that. And then uh, we have a big sale on August the second, August twenty fifth. Uh, Snow Road will be having their hundred and thirty fourth anniversary, and you got to put up with me as the speaker. Um, anyway, we'll have a great time. And and something I'm really looking forward to uh, is September the eighth, Fiddler's Sunday. I'm I'm really I can't wait. I love... I've got, uh, I've got a brother-in-law who plays a fiddle and my son-in-law's father, of course he's from Newfoundland, and he plays a fiddle. Um, and I think there's like four in the family that play fiddles, if you can imagine that. So um, I do not play the fiddle. But uh, but I've got a lot of family who, who do. Actually, my... Uh, Brother-in-law who's in hospital wanted his daughter to bring in his fiddle so that he could play it. And they just thought that that might be stretching it a bit because Don doesn't play in the daytime. <laughs> when he wakes up in his condo, he plays at night. <laughs> anyway, such is life. Well, that's a, a little bit of a, of a, a storyline for, for you all. Um, we do have a lot of um, of graduations. Isla's graduated from kindergarten Did you, Isla. Yeah, wow. And uh, we have some. We have some. Uh, yes, she deserves a clap. Um, we have some, uh, and they're not here today, so you know you won't be able to congratulate them. But uh, I understand it's John, eh? Help my memory here. I don't have my phone with me. Uh, John, oh, I do have my phone here. I didn't think I brought it out. Um, just a minute. I do have all the all the lowdown. Um, We have two graduations this week at Knox. Alex Duncan graduated grade 8 with honors, and John Duncan graduated grade 12 as an Ontario scholar and received five different bursaries and awards. And uh, we can give a clap, and we'll do one next week if he's here. So we're among uh, uh, aristocracy when it comes to education here. And anyway, uh, we need to thank God for that in our, in our prayer when we call to worship. Uh, the call to worship is in your bulletins, and it's Psalm 46. Let us uh, read it um, together. And so you will be the people of God, and I will try and lead you. God is our safe place to hide, ready to help us when we need him. River fountains splash with joy, cooling God's city, the sacred haunt of the Most High. God is here, to are city. God is at
2: your service from the early
1: morning. Attention, all. See the marvels of God. The Take a long, loving look at me, your high God. I am above everything. God fights for us the God of the angel armies, protect us. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks that Canada is our country. Not because it's perfect, because it's not. But because of the tremendous freedoms we enjoy. Oh, we we feel the winds of change happening. And And we are concerned. And we ask, Lord, that you will make us conscious to pray, because, Lord, you promised that if your people, which are called by your name, will humble themselves and seek your face and turn from their sin, then you will hear from heaven, and you promise to pour out a blessing upon us that we can't contain. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Through Christ we pray. And of course, I want to assure you that when you come to God's house, make sure that you take a moment to ask his forgiveness for the sins that you have committed this week. And when we do, he is faithful to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Blessed be his holy name. Number 801. From ocean on to ocean Our land shall name you Lord I'm filled with true devotion Our prairies and our mountains, forests and empty fields, our rivers, lakes, and found to You shall tribute yield. O oh Christ, we pray before You, come in Your power to dwell. Now humbly. Land whole and well, and may we know, Lord Jesus, the touch of Your dear hand, and feel the Lord Jesus, the tempter's power withstand. Our Savior, King, defend us, and guide where He should go. Forth with Your your love and light to show, Ill fire with true devotion, and kindled by Your word, from ocean unto ocean, our land shall name You Lord. That certainly is our prayer. You may be seated. Well, we do have some kids today. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Are they going to come up? We're going to sing um, number seven seventy four as they come up. God forgave my sin. Oh, I'm so glad. I've got something special for you guys. Okay, let's sing. It. Not really. A lot of countries have been around a lot longer. Than that. I'm going to talk about one country that back in 19 this morning I made a mistake. I started off in 2000. It's not 1989. And guess who gathered in Berlin, Germany? Anybody know? Two presidents. Oh yeah, for the Pardon? You got it. Two presidents. One president was uh, President Gorbachev, and the other president was anybody remember that for a back? Mm-hmm. Reagan. President Reagan. And uh, and there was a bit of exchange, and they met and talked to various uh, leadership in the city because the city wasn't divided in two. What was it divided in? How many ways? Four. Four ways. That's right. Somebody knows their history. Uh, and and the reason it was divided that way was after the Second World War, they decided that everybody was going to take police. But I don't know really why they did it. Some people probably know here, but that's not the important part of the story. The important part of our story is back 28 years before 1989, they built a wall. And it ran all the way along a border that later became West Germany and East Germany. So the the country was divided, up. and East Germany became communist, and West Germany was free. Well, initially, when they before they built the wall, before four countries, it was uh, England, France. Uh, you, United States and uh, Russia. And, and Russia, yes, thank you. Uh, Soviet Union, at that time. Uh, and so the four countries divided this up. And the East Germans didn't want anybody going over to West Germany. You know why? Because they were West Germany was free. And East Germany was not. But one day when these two presidents got together, they talked about it and Mr. Reagan said, to Mr. Gorbachev, Prime, Premier Gorbachev, he said, this wall has been up long enough. It's divided the city, it's divided a country that should be whole. And so that's, the wall has to come down. And there was a declaration made by the president, uh, the premier of uh, of the, Soviet Union, and he said, on such and such a date, it was November. Does anybody know the date? The 8th of November, 1989. It had been up for 28 years. And people came out with their sledgehammers and began taking down the wall. And I I was really lucky I happened to be there. After they started taking down the wall, and I went up. I had this trusty little pouch here, and I put it in. And I said, that's come home with me. someday." I use it as an illustration. Well, I've used it as an illustration many times. But the last part of the wall wasn't taken down until almost a year later. And it wasn't because anybody was trying to keep it. It's just that it was in a spot where nobody could care less. And you can get around it. Well, today, we're very fortunate that God has taken down all the walls and we enjoy freedom, not only as a country, but as children of God. Jesus made it possible for you to be free. And that's what we're saying about this morning. Freedom, freedom. You have received freedom. And so this morning, we're going to give thanks for that. If you go back to your seat, because I don't think... Is there Jones Church? Oh,
0: no, they can hang with me. You guys can sit with me today. Yeah. I've got some really
1: good stories in the
0: sermon. You can sit with
1: David Dora. Give <laughs> Dora a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the service. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm especially... Join Canada? Freedom to vote. Freedom to vote. That's right, and that's not far from now. So uh, start getting your hearts prepared. to you hear what God wants us to do? Yes. Freedom to vote. There's all kinds of things. Freedom to walk around, travel anywhere we like. You know, there's many countries still left that, that you can't go from one place to another and ask to get, unless you get a permit. We in a free country. We are blessed. So let's pause for a moment, and you think of something that you'd like to give thanks for, and then we're we'll going to pray. Gracious God, I thank you for kids.
2: Thank you for the blessing that
1: they are. We celebrate uh, all of the graduates of art from our church that uh, done so well, and now we're moving on to another phase in their lives, whether that be uh, university or whether that be high school or public school. We ask the Lord to be with them. Bless their lives. We thank you for Canada and ask the Lord that you would bless us. Continue to bless us. Not with more freedom but handling freedoms that we enjoy responsibly. Bless us today Lord and may we we also be free to take down the walls that we may have between ourselves and other people. That Lord we will oh, you know what I should do? I should have you kids take this around to everybody and let them know this is part of the wall. Oh, you. Yeah. Isn't something, we have silence. In one of my churches, one of the ministers, one of the churches that I was a part of, there was a man in our church who came out of a very um, vivacious church. And he used to say, boy, that's an opportunity for the devil to come in. I don't know where he got that, but no, it isn't. It's a good thing. And take the time to uh, enjoy it. We're going to go to the little prayer while uh, Isla and Caleb are taking you around the piece of the stone that was part of that wall. And we're going to say the prayer together to repair our hearts. Let's together say this prayer. Today, O oh God, we pray for Canada. We pray that your spirit and your love would give us the strength and grace to serve you with all our hearts. Even though our world is filled with values that this one country once stood for. We pray for your, a return to you fully. Amen. Well, I'm going to read the scriptures from... Uh, St. Mark chapter 10, and thank you, Caleb and, and uh, Isla, for having taken the time to share with everybody, and you can give that back to me after the service. Mark chapter 10, and this is a wonderful story. I've entitled my message, When is Enough? Enough. You want to bring it up to me? Okay. Thank you so much. And we're reading from Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, and we're beginning to read at verse 17. And as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And without hesitating, Jesus says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. And then he starts telling him what he needs to do. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. And Jesus looked at him and the Bible says he loved him. Doesn't Jesus love everybody? I don't know, this is a special word here. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come, follow me. And at this the young man's face fell and he went away sad because he was rich. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God and the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard is it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And then the disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved. And Jesus looked at them and says, well, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And Peter said to him, we have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brother or sister or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much. In this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields, and within, persecution. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many are first, will be last. And the last will be first. I've entitled my message, When is Enough, Enough? What is enough enough? Comedian Joan Rivers once said, people say that money isn't the key to happiness, but I always figured if you have enough money, you can have a key made. (laughs) I love it. If you had enough money. How much is enough? Hollywood film editor uh, wrote in a comment, he said, I had a date with a young woman, and all she wanted to do was walk along the beach. I was wearing a $1,200 suit, a $150 shirt, a $75 tie, and a pair of $250 shoes. Man, oh man, that's expensive stuff. And I don't even want to think of what it might cost me if a spaghetti ended up on my tie. This woman tells me to roll up my pants so I can walk on the sand, but what will it cost me if she asks me to sit on the sand? Bottom line, he closed maybe I can't afford to wear my own clothes. (laughs) I love it. The book was titled that I got this out of Lives Without Balance. When is enough enough? The late J. Paul Getty was reputed to be the richest man in his day. And he once said, commenting, complaining, really, that inflation was hurting his bottom line. You know, then he closed his comments with, you know, a billion dollars isn't what it once was. (laughs) That poor man. Sociology professor Tony Campolo, one of my favorite writers, wrote a book called Everything You've Ever Heard is Wrong. (laughs) Tells of an idealistic student named Ralph, he became an advocacy lawyer to champion the rights of the oppressed and the poor. When he graduated though, Ralph was in trouble. He was up his eyeballs in debt. So he took a uh, job with a large law firm. His pay was really mind boggling, he said. He told Compolo he would only stay until he paid off his debt. Four years later, Tom, Tony Campolo is in New York City. Meets up with him. And Ralph is a transformed man. Probably was wearing a $1,200 suit. He was soon to be a partner in the firm he worked for and his live-in girlfriend, one of his colleagues, had just, he and her had just purchased a place in the east side. And Ralph, though, was changed because he'd lost that glimmer and light in his eye, oh, he still went to church regularly, but he'd found one of those that serve a better class of people when it 's enough enough. So this wealthy young man comes to Jesus he's rich, really One day and he noticed and noticed that the gospel of Jesus Christ always. Well, almost always, when you pick up on some of these subjects of the scriptures, almost always when they decide to make a decision that isn't pleasing to God, they're anonymous. But he addresses Jesus in the most unorthodox way good teacher. That was bad etiquette in the day. I think it still is today. And Jesus immediately corrects him and says, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God. And then he goes down the list of what he should do. You know the commandments, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't say anything false against your neighbor, don't defraud, honor your father and mother. And he says, teacher, I've kept all of these since I was a boy. He probably thought if he could keep the Jewish law, he would have it made in the shade. But it wasn't enough. He had been taught from a boy, if you have enough money and you're a good guy, that should be enough, but it wasn't. But then Jesus nails it. He says, you know, one thing you need to do, sell everything you have and give it away to the poor and come and follow me. For then you will be rich and you will have your treasures in heaven. Wow. Rich went away sad. Why? Because he was rich. You understand what's happening here? I think this is probably the saddest verse in scripture. It really is. He was in the presence of the master. He could have made his life count, but he turned away from the greatest opportunity he would ever be offered. But he couldn't let go of the money. He went away sad because he was rich. And Jesus looks at his disciples by now and their faces have dropped. You can kind of tell. And he says to them, it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. You've got to understand the norm of the day. You really do. It was understood that if you had great wealth, it was probably because God blessed you for doing something you did right. And the disciples looked at Jesus and I'm sure every one of them said, like, what gives? Who can, who's, who's good enough? Who's got enough to receive salvation? A friend of mine sent me an email. (laughs) And he said, you know, you might be able to use this sometime. Well, it just couldn't have come at a better time. He said, if buying stuff hasn't made you happy, then maybe getting rid of stuff will. (laughs) I thought that was good. Because you know what? There's a lady who lives on the road that I come on every single time I come to this church. I I don't know her well, but my neighbor does. He said, why haven't her two brothers kind of taken her and straightened her out? I said, have you ever tried to straighten out a sister? (laughs) Who has a mind of their own? All my four sisters, one of them's gone now, but they all had minds of their own, I'll tell you. They took after, well, one of my parents. We'll just leave it at that. The fact is, if you drive by her home and there's stuff sitting on the veranda on the front. But my neighbor Dave knows her well. He said, you know, she had to move out of the house over to that big trailer she's got because there was no more room in the house or the, the big double gra- oversized double garage. She had hoarded all that stuff. Sad, but true. And David said, Yeah, Philip. he He called him Rev. Rev, and she's rich. I thought to myself, no, she's not. She's poor. To be controlled by the greed of things is deadly. And he went away sad, this young man. It's hard, Jesus said, to enter the kingdom of heaven. The norm is, Man, if you are if, if doing something good, then obviously God has blessed you financially. That was the norm. And then the disciples realize, goodness, that doesn't make it either. What are we going to do? What is it that makes and comes first in your life? Think about that now for the rest of the message and it's not going to be that much longer. Is it your job, your family, your, 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 uh, your faith? I mean, where you go to church and how you handle process your faith on a daily basis. Is it computer games, watching sports, being on Facebook? Maybe a habit that you've placed an awful lot of invested time in. If I looked at your visa statement or your debit statement, could I tell what you devoted your time to and your money, your dreams, your energy to? Well, Jesus hits the nail on the head when he says, where a person's treasure is, that's where the person's heart is also. Paul Tillich, probably the greatest theologian in the 20th century, once said, whatever our ultimate concern in life is, that's our God. What's your preoccupation? I'm going to share a little of my story because I never told any, anybody. So I've told you that I, I've told some of you that I had a terrible fall about four years ago in Toronto. Maybe God just wanted me to get out of Toronto. I don't know. No, not so. So I, uh, I, I, I was, we were living in Toronto. I was pastoring a church. But I was also doing something else. Oh. Incidentally, it's not wrong considering I was doing it in my spare time. I was making a lot of money on the stock market. I was a day trader. On four different occasions, I made over $10,000 overnight. Folks, making $10,000 overnight is fun. How many can say you've done that? And that doesn't include all the other positions I had put into the stock market. I was doing well. I knew what I was doing. I was very careful. I read all the stuff that was surrounding a certain stock, and then I would play it. So when it was going up, I took a small margin, 1%. And when it went down, I was also taking 1%. And that worked really well until 2008. (laughs) And then it didn't work so well anymore. But I had made some substantial money. But you know what? It began to consume me. Oh, I wasn't failing at my job. Goodness sake, that first year I was at it, I think I did more visits than I'd ever done in ministry before. No, nothing like that. But I'll tell you one thing that did suffer. I only prayed about one thing. Do I dare tell you? You might use it against me someday. Well, here goes. I came to the place in my life where it was, I couldn't do it enough. Oh, I wasn't taking up any time during the day, but I I was living on about six hours sleep, and, and at night I set up all my positions, and the next morning making sure that Everything fell into line. It didn't take very long, really. But I watched the stock market more closely than I did anything else, including reading my Bible. And one day, I was climbing the stairs in, my, in the place where we were renting. Actually, the church was renting it for us. And I, they were, the stairs weren't they were just They were shorter than they should be and I reached the top and of course there was a, a, a ledge there, it was all Varathane, and I was wearing slippers and I flipped up on that ledge and came crashing down on a ceramic floor, 11 stairs. And my head went between not gyprock but plaster. Fortunately it was between two pieces of stud wall, brown uh, wood, And my head went between the two. And I lodged there. And if my wife had been there, I'd be dead today. But I believe God wanted to get my attention. I mean that. My wife says it to this day. The fact remains that we're all in this place in our lives where something may consume us And I'm going to leave you with three thoughts. What comes first in your life? Ask yourself that question. Whatever it is, is it taking priority? Guru John Maxwell notes that there are only 12 things in life we need to manage early in our days. And if I neglect those decisions daily, that is managed, it only takes a few minutes, but if I, I, I decide to take those decisions seriously, then life will be great. If I neglect to do that, well, not early in life, but somewhere later on in years, I will regret it. Therefore, our ultimate decision is what or who do we worship? Who are you worshiping now? What are you worshiping now? It's a good question. Let me serve notice this is not the message of our culture, but it is Christ's message to the rich young man, to his disciples, and to us. It's through Christ's message that we need to understand that who we worship and what we worship is what makes, us, makes the difference between whether we are sold out to Christ or whether we're not. It's that simple. This is a tough message, folks. I understand that because for me to share what I shared is tough. But confession is good for the soul. Right? <laughs> Dr. Ray Steadman, senior pastor of a very lar- two very large churches in his time. He spent quite a bit of time in one of them. He actually was a pastor in two Hollywoods, Hollywood, Florida. And then God called him to Hollywood, California. He says... That in Florida, um, there's a lot of people there who are rich. But in California, at that time at least when he was writing the book, in California, Hollywood, California, he said his congregation, the combined worth of the people in his congregation was probably over $10 with a B, dollars. That's in U.S. money. That's worth... Twice as much as ours. And so here we are. Ray Steadman said, I began as I interacted with those people. He said, I began to discover some things that really began to take their toll. He said, they had a disease and they all had the same disease, suffering from the same disease called destination sickness." They all had this disease, they arrived, they had everything they wanted. Their sickness was that they had it all. And yet, they were sick and empty and lonely and tired. And the conclusion is, the rich young man probably had the same disease, he had it all. So he decided to go for the one thing that he didn't seem to be feeling Didn't seem to be knowing for sure. And that was where he was going after he died. He was a young man. Scripture says that. All things are possible. I guess we're going to lose our electricity here. It's okay. I've got my computer and it's not plugged in anything. Other than the power of God, I guess. (laughs) What are you suffering from? Are you ready to put God first in your life? Is, is Jesus saying that it's impossible for people with money to enter the kingdom of God? Of course not. With Man, this is poss- impossible, but with God. At the center of our lives, all things are possible. Over the past 15 years, a man in New Jersey has given away U.S. 600 million dollar did it honestly until one day he was going to be giving away some money but they told him that they'd have to give him a receipt being this large a donation and finally when he had to give his identity it was revealed that well he'd had it all at once he explained his generosity he said nobody can wear two pairs of shoes Nor two suits. And I decided I had enough money. It was later revealed that the man doesn't own a house. He doesn't have a car. He flies economy class and wears a $15 watch. And his statement to his friend was, I don't want my money to crush me spiritually. Can that happen to me? Let me ask you something. Can that happen to you? The wealthy young man could not handle the call of Christ on his life because he was rich. And I began to ask myself a few weeks ago as I was considering this message. Is my craving for material success taking me away from the one person that loves me more than anything in the universe? Jesus Christ. Who has first place in your life? Gracious God, we thank you for your love. Thank you for your presence. And Lord, today I pray that you will cause us to be thankful for all the freedoms we enjoy. But Lord, ultimately we need to understand that just as you freely gave to us, now you want us to freely give all that we have in order to have riches in heaven a hundred times as well as on earth, a hundred times. And when we choose that route, O God, you bless us. Amen. I'm going to give you the opportunity to worship the Lord with your giving. The Lord bless you as you hear. receive our gifts after all they come from you we ask you lord to use every gift and every giver for the ongoing work of your kingdom both here at home and around the world through christ we pray amen you may be seated we're going to go to the lord in prayer on behalf of those who have needs whatever your need is maybe you're at a place of decision in your own life i don't know that but god does and if you are then it's probably as good a time as any, to decide what is best for you today. We welcome back uh, all of our summer folk, and I trust that uh, we will give opportunity at the end of the service to, to greet one another, uh, And uh, but if you have needs too, we give opportunity for you to express them in the, during the pastoral prayer. There are a number of requests, and uh, I want us to be praying, of course, for um, marie Seguin's uh, family, her husband, her brother, uh, the children. Uh, she passed away, of course, a couple of weeks ago, but let's pray for the family. There are others who've lost loved ones in the last little while, and we ask you to bring it before the Lord, because he is here to answer our prayers. Remember the sick. Those that are in retirement homes, let us pray. Gracious God, how good it is to be in your house. And we ask, Lord, for the many requests that we have. Lord, we thank you for all that you mean to us. Lord, sometimes it's hard to give our all to you, not just in terms of earthly things, but what about spiritual matters? Those things do matter. We ask, the Lord, to be with us this day. We think of all those that need prayer. We think of Terry and Bob. We think of Robert and Ray. We think of Nancy and Sophia Dawn. We thank you, Lord, for the miracle in her little body. We pray for Joyce and Rob and Stan, Morgan, Florence, and Nick. For those that are shut in, Lord, Rita and Audrey and Dawn and Donna. And Marlene, Lord, we pray for all of these. And Lord, would you please meet them this morning. Even as we are praying, Lord, may they know that the Spirit of God is with them. Strengthening them, loving them, keeping them, sustaining them. Be with them all. Lord, we bring you our own requests that are on our hearts Maybe it's a time of decision in our minds and in our hearts, Lord, so be it. May we bring it to you because we can trust you. We can trust you for all that there is in life. Now Lord, be with us in the rest of this time together in this holiday weekend. May we enjoy with family and friends all of the good things that you've afforded us. Lord, we also don't want to pay for our government of Canada, on the national and provincial and liberal and, uh, and local levels. We ask you, Lord, to give them wisdom. Heaven knows they need it. We ask you, Lord, to direct their paths, even as you direct ours. And Lord, we pray that you would keep our nation glorious and free. Through Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We're going to stand, remain standing and sing as our closing song, O Canada, And uh, I'm going to ask you to use both verses. Now, the second one's a little clumsy. But it really speaks to what our forefathers wanted laid down in Canada. Number 800 in your hymn books. And there's a few changes of words which are not part of my understanding of what um, my O Canada. So I'm going to sing my own O Canada because there's, they've changed some things that really, well, they've just changed some things that I don't really appreciate. Number 800. Let's stand together, shall we? Oh, Canada, our home and native land, true hatred, love, true north, strong and free. From far and wide, O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. God, keep our land glorious and free. O by thy mysterious power in wisdom guide with faith and freedom art we are a name that no oppression blights where justice rules from shore to shore from lakes to northern lights, may love alone for all atone. Lord of the lands, make Canada thine own. The closer is number 455, it's day by day, it's in your hymn books. And we have sung it quite a number of times, but we're going to sing it again as we close. We're only going to sing it it the once, but it kind of speaks to the message, 455 in your hymn books. Day, dear Lord, these three things I say to see thee more clearly, to love thee more dearly, to follow thee more nearly day by day. Of these three things I pray to see more clearly, to love Thee more dearly, to follow Thee more clearly, day by day. I trust you have a great Canada Day weekend, and for those of you who are visiting some from the United States, we had somebody from the United States as well in Snow Road, and uh, all of you, we pray that uh, you will enjoy this time. And uh, God richly bless you. Now we want to make sure that we give you opportunity to greet one another, especially Canada Day weekend. And so I'm going to uh, ask you not to play anything. (laughs) And just take a moment to greet one another. God bless you.
0: Thank you for tuning into this week's service. Again, we would love to have you join us at one of our two Sunday morning services. First at 9.30 in either Elfin or Snow Road. We alternate week week after week throughout the summer. And then in the winter, we're only in Elfin. And then again at 11 a.m. in McDonald's Corners. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or call us at the number in the bulletin. We hope to hear from you soon, and we hope that this message has reached you wherever you are.